Welcome, caller. You're on the line with the calls are coming from inside the podcast, an exploration of the human side of horror. Each week, we call a unique guest and ask them about one horror movie that left its mark on them. Together, we do a deep dive into our guest's personal connection to find out what horror feels like. I'm Kevin Sparrow, and this week, it's time to celebrate. It's our 25th episode, so why not make it something special? We invited Fear Queers to join us to discuss 2017's Rock and Sock and Timeline Hoppin' Happy Death Day in a conversation that became almost dangerously too fun. Then stick around for our double feature recommendation, You're Killing Me, from 2015. Wow. 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 <laughs> so many great things. We're, yes, the wowing just continues. Great. Well, welcome to both. To the calls are coming from inside the podcast. We're inside. I'm inside one place. You're inside another place. Um, and someone listening to this, this you're also inside somewhere. I think. <laughs> Although I guess you could be outside. So could I could be outside. I can't control that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm here today with Beza and Chase of Fear Queers, which is a podcast covering all things queer horror. And they also co-run the LGBTQ VHS online VHS Collectors Club. Is that what we're calling it? Do you have like a snappy? That's a great word? thing. To How do you call it? Call it? <laughs> yeah. What came first, the the club or the podcast? Well, it was okay. It's complicated. I mean, no, it's not. It was the club. And from there, we were just kind of like, okay, so we created LGBTQ VHS at a time where we thought maybe we could do more things Mm -hmm. with other people in different venues. And obviously, that didn't really happen. And that was about a year ago. So we were like, okay, what do we do to get more community involvement and talk to people and have our spooky gay voices heard. <laughs> and then we were like, podcast. <laughs> um, that, did I miss anything, Chase? No, that was brilliant. I mean, the in the inception of, uh, or conception, I don't know, the origin story of the podcast itself was <laughs> just like us sitting around a kiddie pool in my backyard drinking some hard seltzers <laughs> you're like should we start a podcast and i was like should we and should uh, we? yeah <laughs> and so, then yeah, you did the journey and then we, and we did, did and now we're here and thank you for having us it's it's wonderful to be inside yeah inside the house <laughs> yes i love being inside inside outside i'm not gonna shame <laughs> people's location preferences but This month, we're talking about horror comedies all month long. That can run a whole gamut of things. Some lean heavier on the comedy, some lean heavier on the horror. And we're always trying to search out the one that does the perfect blend. Will the movie that we're talking about today do that? I don't know. (laughs) I guess to get started, one of the questions we're trying to answer for this month is what to you makes a horror comedy effective? Obviously, that comes with a double layer of subjectivity, both 
what is effective about horror? What is effective about comedy to me? <laughs> but I guess I just wanted to get all, all our guests' takes on what exactly a horror comedy needs to do to work for you. Mm-hmm. I'll go first. My My first take is that it, it actually, I feel like it has a bigger bill on the comedy side. Like for me, horror comedy works best when it's like actually funny. Mm-hmm. The spectrum of what horror is for me is a, a lot wider than what funny is, if that makes sense. Like the room for being funny, it's like it's a little bit tighter, but like I could like it could literally just be like a really funny movie with like some gore. And I'm like, OK, horror comedy, you know what I mean? So or it could just be, you know, kind of like creepy and, and just funny. But as long as it's actually funny mm-hmm. and I mean, again, subjectively funny um, and as long as I'm laughing with it and there's like some some sort of aspect of like horror then i'm usually into it i think the best horror comedies are the ones like you kind of alluded to earlier that like really balance all of the things really well and sort of equally but yeah that's my my take yeah hard mm-hmm. to do too balance hard oh my it, gosh in any movie <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep <laughs> and Bezo, what about you yeah i agree with a lot of that i also think horror in a lot of ways is probably the best genre for any kind of like mixing and evolving of uh, with another genre if that makes sense it's mm-hmm. for me it's inception and everything about its beginnings are comedic and campy mm-hmm. and uh, not that those things always equal each other obviously but they have a lot of things in common and I heavily associate a lot of my favorite movies with kind of still being horror comedies, even though they aren't associated that way because mm-hmm. they are just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I think that like aspect of just complete nonsense is funny to me, like literally scream. I guess people wouldn't call it a horror comedy, but I do like it's I, fucking I hilarious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, totally. And I just love movies, horror movies, obviously, specifically that don't take themselves seriously. And that is funny to me. Yeah. But it doesn't like lose its value as a horror movie just because it's funny. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's been a really helpful month for me to explore horror comedies as Mm -hmm. things that I actually do really like because I feel Generally, if someone asked me, it wouldn't be a subgenre that I'm like, yeah, that's top of my list. My taste runs to more, I wouldn't say super serious. I don't like it too serious, but yeah. <laughs> but having people talking about, you know, what really works for them about a horror comedy and why that that's beloved. Maybe it's just I don't really always enjoy <laughs> going back. I'm not like a person who goes back to watch things that often sure. out of just like, as a pleasure watch, love to rewatch and do the work of critically thinking about it for the podcast. Mm. But just like, will I go and sit through this movie just for my own edification? I don't know. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) But looking at today's movie, well, we have an anniversary coming up. Yes, we do. So five years on, we're talking about the 2017 film, Happy Death Day. Very exciting. It's not its death day, depending on how we talk about it. But I was thinking about this. It's actually its birthday. Yes. Happy birthing death day. It's all intertwined uh, in the circle of life. But the 
the thing I was curious about thinking about it five years later, does it hold up? It's a recent movie. Should it feel dated? Should it not? How did you feel on this rewatch about, uh, does this movie feel like it <laughs> makes sense for a 2020 post world? <laughs> oh God. I will say, I think that it holds up in some, in like the broader sense of it. But when you get into specific like details of just like plot and characterization, it does not. Mainly the way that the protagonist and I guess the antagonist um, center around like an affair with a professor. It's just like Ugh. that for me was like the only thing that really is like glaring in terms of when it was made. Definitely. For sure. And I think, yeah. And it, it is kind of, uh, let's stop pinning women against each other over creepy old men. Like, I don't need that. I just like, just like also just two capable, like smart, awesome right. women who right. like don't need that. Yeah. It's yeah. And so I agree, I, but I do, I think it holds up just because I still laugh whenever I watch it, mm -hmm. which is obviously again, subjective, but I think that, makes it a good like rewatch movie for me mm -hmm. so maybe it doesn't necessarily hold up but uh i, w I will watch it again <laughs> i'm sure we'll get into this more later but like it also for me has a lot of like scream flavors in it mm. and like scream to me is like evergreen mm -hmm. and scream to me is always relevant and is always like it always holds up so i think it in its borrowing from from scream it kind of also holds that um, power i guess mm -hmm. right that it can exist at any any time it'll yeah. still be relevant there's nothing that really ties it to 2017 in any specific way but i do agree part of it does feel dated in terms of kind of that central <laughs> conflict that we see towards the end and then maybe part of it is just when it was i don't know how much was rewritten from the original script but this movie was first announced as going to be a thing in 2007. So Whoa. from its first announcement, it took you know 10 years to get made when Christopher Landon was like, hey, I've seen the script, Blumhouse, do you want to produce this? And Jason Blum was like, if it's less than $5 million, we can do it. <laughs> and you can tell that it was <laughs> in it a lot was, of ways. And they did. Can I just say this movie also has some, okay, I, I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> It has some pitch perfect flavors and I Chase. don't, it does, especially like when she really starts to like trying to figure it out and it's like kind of like comical where she just like dies, 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 dies. Something about it to me has some pitch. I think it may be the sorority setting too. It's some part of it has like some pitch perfect setting. So are you saying flavors. that Tree should have been played by Anna Kendrick? Honestly, she could have been. She could have been. been played. Reverse it. Jessica Flip. Roth yep. played Anna Kendrick. Plays. Oh, yes. that's a that is the galaxy brain choice. I don't know Pitch Perfect well enough. Oh, it's, it, her you're... name's Becca, um, but it's fine. <laughs> of course, it she's is. a Bard and Bella. She's yes. a Bard and Bella. If you didn't know, <laughs> I got I got that much. Yes. Why do I know that? I don't remember. Uh, that's not what this movie is about. But Jessica Roth can sing. She was in uh, recently the Valley Girl musical, which is. Pretty terrible. Oh, Works better no, as a, just a straight-up drama rather than the musical parts of it. Oh. Musical parts suck. Yeah, uh, but that's just how <laughs> I feel about jukebox musicals. It's out there now. In general, yes, I'm. Yeah. Hey, I'm right there with you. Right there with you. 
Mamma Mia is the only exception. <laughs> uh, yes. In its way. In its strange way. In its ways. Yes. <laughs> yes, this did come in under $5 million. It's a $4.8 million budget movie. And it grossed $125 million worldwide. Which is why I'm like, why is there so much hedging about making a third film? Like, mm-hmm. the second one yeah. did not do poorly enough to make that such right. a weird open question. Yep. Right. If we want a third film, maybe we do. Maybe we don't. I'm open to it. I do. Oh, yeah. I would. I Here's the thing is these are, to me, these movies are like the perfect popcorn movies and ones I would always see in theaters. I will literally yep. always go see a Happy Death Day in theaters. Like yeah. I have like such a great memory of seeing the second one in theaters. Like it's just such a vibe. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you said, Chase, the scream vibes are just there where it can like mm-hmm. evolve into like the second one, a ridiculous story. But I'm right. still invested and I still want to know what's happening next. Yes. And it's like super hyper referential within its own world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, kind of a scream vibe. So which, again, I think is like in I think it, I mean, I don't know if it's ever been out, but it's it's very in with with Scream 5 and with Scream 6 right around the corner. It's only going to be more in. So I think it makes sense for them to like capitalize on that sort of like craving everyone has right now. Mm. It's all coming back. The dream of the <laughs> 90s is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But getting into the kind of just broader strokes of the movie. So the movie is about Tree Geldman. People have a lot of issues with that name. I love it. I think Tree is a great I love name. It. I love it. I love that name. Yeah, definitely. You can tell a gay person wrote this. Yes, like, for sure. You can tell that who else is going to name someone Teresa, but her nickname is Tree. Right. It's so and good. It's so good. It's wild that people would have issue with it. But basically, it's her birthday and she doesn't want anyone to know. Want to pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there's a ringtone that plays over and over throughout the movie. It's amazing. And the kind of opening sequence of the film comes back multiple times because as we find out, she's in a Groundhog Day situation where someone's trying to kill her. And each day that she dies, it resets to the beginning of that day. Broad strokes. That's the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's a bit of a whodunit because we want to know, well, who's killing her? Exactly. And then by the second movie, that kind of goes out the window. There's a whole other thing going on but we'll just focus on what is canon for the first film (laughs) i think yeah the second one is a thing for sure the second one is its whole own (laughs) other thing it's the multiverse of madness yeah (laughs) i do need to need to return to it but in this first opening sequence that happens multiple times throughout the movie i was interested to see how long it took them to shoot that because i'm like well they had to reset the whole thing but it's all choreographed to be the same sequence of events so mm. how if you don't know already or if you do trivia question one i guess how many Ooh. days did it take them to shoot that opening sequence the multiple times they shot it oh you go first chase i have no idea i would guess honestly i would guess one day mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I would say a week. 
A week. Great. We're right in the middle, but closer to Chase's. It took them two days. Whoa. Okay, that was my second guess. They only had two days on the quad to shoot it, and they also had sprinkler issues, so that caused a lot of of strife. It was weird. Just looking at kind of the production facts, there was a lot of, even though they shot it over five weeks, there were a lot of locations that they only had for very, very brief amounts of time. So I think that's part of, in some ways, I think it adds to the charm of the film that it feels it's not an indie type of film (laughs) at all but it has a little bit of raggedness um it does rough edges yeah Mm -hmm. that's a really good point i hadn't really like seen that seen that in it or i guess i hadn't realized that i found that to be an endearing aspect of the film until you mentioned it it definitely has that vibe and it's totally charming and i think because it relies so centrally on jessica roth's performance that it's like okay we need to we can just focus on her other stuff can be weird and that's fine i guess also thinking about it and going back to budget for a little bit this is Mm -hmm. like the perfect movie for a low budget but like high reward because it's like Mm -hmm. just doing the same thing essentially over and over again and Mm -hmm. you know not needing to have a million different filming locations and permits and what have you so that I think helped it in the long run. Yes, more high concept movies should be low budget. The higher the concept, the oh, lower the yes. budget. <laughs> Agreed. 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 It makes it forces so much. I think more creativity a lot of the mm-hmm. time. So right. I'm I mean, all, I'm all into that. Like literally the Blair Witch Project. I mean. Oh yeah, it's a great example. Absolutely. Yeah, especially horror. It just does it so well. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the less you know, the better. But <laughs> what happens in this first sequence? So she wakes up in this dorm room, goes outside. We kind of get what's happening on the quad, and she returns to her sorority house. That's where we kind of get her sorority sisters into the fold. That's a whole other talking point. I guess I, this is also a thing about it, because there was a big sorority jag of films in the in the 2000s right we have sorority row of course as as everyone mm-hmm. uh would probably be first to go the house bunny uh everything pitch perfect <laughs> pitch perfect, perfect. Le- legally blonde legally blonde. <laughs> legally blonde um scream queens also sorority oh my gosh. Scream queens. Show. Yes. this is what i should yeah. be talking about i love scream queens this is wild <laughs> me too we're throwing out this whole episode and it's going to be about scream it's queens news. oh Go. no yes. okay then you you both ha- you both have to convince me to watch it because i've never seen it it's a tr- tragedy my main reason is because besides scream 4 i cannot stand emma roberts i will say it on this podcast i no, she serves in it, but I just cannot stand her. Mm-hmm. But she, I will say that's her most easy to watch character. Mm-hmm. That and Coven. Those are those are the two roles I can like watch her in and I live. Because I had what the same, Jill I don't like her either. What? Jill Roberts? I, didn't, I don't know. I don't like her in Scream. Oops. Uh-oh. It's all I coming know. out. All the secrets <laughs> will be revealed. Yes. Um, it always happens. Now, I'm not trying to... Put down your horror credentials. But, you know, uh, people have feelings about Emma Roberts, and that's good. <laughs> yeah, she's a divisive, yes, figure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Who would have thought that? <laughs> yeah. But the the sorority setting, I think, adds also to it. You know that it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be silly. 
maybe even campy in tone. So we we get all that and we are led up to this party that's going to be happening that Tree unfortunately never makes it to because this is where she gets attacked by someone wearing the mascot of their school. <laughs> uh, chuckle before we can even talk about it. But the uh, I guess they're the Bayfield babies. Yes, they are. Not only does the killer wear a baby mask, that's also the mascot of their school. A mm-hmm. lot of things going on with this mask. So my first, <laughs> first part, first question with the mask for you all. What is the creepier baby mask? The one in Happy Death Day or the Valentine's Cupid mask from the movie Valentine. Hmm. Hmm. I, I'm going to say Happy Death Day only because something about it just makes me physically clench up a little bit in mm-hmm. a way that uh, is not okay. <laughs> And like it's like it's like too cute and also too realistic. Yes, and just more contemporary. And I hate that uh, <laughs> in a good way, but I hate it. Yeah. Uh, that is my answer. Um, but I also would like. I know they've like sold them like through some maybe Blumhouse. I don't remember where. Oh, and I would buy definitely. one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, Beza! Please do not buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy any mask. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And Chase, what? creepier mask i think happy death day is creepier i agree with beza for the points they said and also just because the valentine the valentine that mask is like so much more passive and the happy mm-hmm. death day one is like antagonistic <laughs> like it's really so aggressive and i just feel like looking at it it's like screaming at me it's just it's just very antagonistic <laughs> she's she's evil and she reminds me also of annabelle uh, oh, those rosy cheeks will do it to you. Those yeah. rosy cheeks, yeah, yeah it's it's sure. a doozy. <laughs> yeah, I have to deviate because I feel like for me, Valentine Ooh. mask creepier, creepy all the yep. time. Maybe it just has like that Michael Myers effect because it is so kind of passive. Ooh. There's not, yeah, there's there's not an animation to the features, so That's I got point. drawn into that, and yeah. also maybe the age I was when I saw it. that's true that's definitely true i think i might have seen happy death day before i saw valentine so that might have had an effect on me i really remember the the happy death day um trailers when they first came out and that was like kind of before i was really comfortable watching scary like scary movies and horror movies and it was like it was i mean that trailer was like freaky i just remember like watching Mm -hmm. her the whole thing. So I think that also probably has something to do with it too, which is an interesting conversation. I feel like, like it'd be like a fun to explore, like, like perceptions and opinions on horror movies now versus like when they started, if that makes sense. Because it's like, like you said, like maybe you like, Oh, just like how you felt about the trailer or like what you expected that thing to be. And how it, mm. but how it also influences your opinion now, like you said, mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe it's because like when you watch Valentine that that mask is like creepier to you. Like, I think that's, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I had a good, a good decade of time <laughs> or two decades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost two decades between Valentine and <laughs> Happy Death Day. Oh my gosh. Now I'm, now I'm feeling old, but that's okay. That happens day to day. That happens from time to time. As you age every minute. Um... <laughs> Second, I'm spending a lot of time on this just because I feel like iconography, always important. 
and the baby mask mm-hmm. is an iconographic figure, but also uh, a polarizing issue because the, there is or was, I don't know if it's still in place, a lawsuit against the film by a local Louisiana sports team. I think they're called the Pelicans, mm-hmm. but they have um, a, a very a fairly similar mask, the King Baby Cake. So it's based oh. on like the baby, the king cake tradition mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. area. And they have a mascot that has a baby like mask, but it does. I mean, it's there. There are similarities. There are differences. I don't know if it's ripped off or not, but an interesting thing <laughs> to know about. That is really, really interesting. And I Google, I did some on air Googling because okay. I had to see. Yes, yes. And it, and it is it is. It is it's pretty, uh, yeah. I mean, those eyes—that's that's the thing. It's is, the eyes for sure. For that's sure. actually pretty and the tooth, wild. And the teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I see it. This will be used in court, Beza. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm Please don't sue me. This. I'm submitting our Google search as an yeah. <laughs> exhibit A evidence. <laughs> oh no, <Accurate>. not again. <laughs> and then my third question, just because I think this is interesting, and we talked a little bit about being, you know, Chicago-based folks. I don't know if you grew up in in Illinois, both, um, but we have a lot of weird mascots at, at the high school and college level, and so I yes. wanted to know. What either was was your school mascot really weird? Like mine was the Barbie crow, which is not a real thing. <laughs> um, I grew up in DeKalb, Illinois, where barbed wire was invented. And so our mascot was a crow, oh, but also barbed wire God. somehow. That wow. is really <laughs> camp. That's, That's amazing. It's awesome. a whole the story. Just like with one. <laughs> I also grew up in Illinois, but my mascots were just racist. Oh, sure. Mm, mine was too. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Actually, my high school changed its mascot pretty like early in the game, which I'm thankful. I mean, before I went there, a mm-hmm. few years before I went there, we were just the wolves. So kind of boring. But my partner... Uh, I believe in junior high, her mascot was a uh, unicorn. Oh, so. <laughs> nice. Very gay. That's so good. Very yeah. fun. <laughs> Mine was, oh goodness. It was like, we were the Dons, D-O-N-S, as in like, honestly, I don't know, but I know it's highly problematic. <laughs> it's like, basically <laughs> like, like a Spaniard, like, it's like a dawn. Uh, yeah. And he's like on a horse and he like has a sword, but that was ours. And I don't really know, but we do have like a physical form of the mascot and it's a lot to take. It's like a huge head with a, a mustache and everything. And it's just like in San Diego. And it's in San Diego. I'm just like, okay, guys, okay, There's guys. Yeah. A lot of mustache folks uh, as mascots. <laughs> I know there's the, it's true. There's a town in Illinois called Polo and their mascot was the Marcos. Uh, Marco oh, Polo. that's Marco Polo. There you go. That's something. I don't know. I'm like, what's a Marco? <laughs> Who knows? But my favorite, my absolute favorite Illinois mascot is, of course, the Freeport Pretzel. <gasps> is that a real thing? That's Their mascot's real... just like... Their mascot's a pretzel. Is it? Is it like an animated? Is it an animated? Is it I'm, like a... I'm sure it's animated is somewhere. Is it alive? <laughs> it's, just a, it's just like a, a big, twisty German wow. pretzel. Wow. I well, bet that's... you... I, yeah, I wonder if they sell pretzels at the games. I hope they would. Oh, I would hope so. I figure they yeah, they must. have to capitalize on that. They yeah. give them out for free. 
<laughs> no. Of course. Do you have of to eat the not. pretzels or leave? It's a two pretzel minimum. <laughs> okay. But that's all of my mascot related stuff. I think it's just uh, silly fun. It is. I love it. it. School spirit. Why not? <laughs> I guess. I think I think honestly, Kevin, you won. You definitely had the best. Yeah. <laughs> the mascot. I'm jealous. I yeah, I'm want. jealous. It's ridiculous. Why why did that seem okay as a a child unquestioned <laughs> hey at least you didn't have to your school didn't have to completely rewrite its history because it was uh wrong yeah that is true <laughs> and I, bad i will hold that close <laughs> close to the heart yeah. <laughs> so basically we get it takes a while the, the start of the movie is a bit slower right we spend kind of 20 minutes mm-hmm. or so going through the first two cycles of trees deaths uh one is by stabbing uh the second one is by bong really fun it is very fun and it definitely leans into that like sorority vibe yeah i thought that was really creative actually it was one of my favorites favorite i don't know if we can talk about favorite deaths but i thought it was we can uh (laughs) i thought it was just hilarious i i loved it i think it's it is hilarious and there's something about it I don't know, to me, that really works as effective jolts. Like, they're they're mm-hmm. violent, of course, because I mean, murder is violent, but not bloody, right? This is a PG-13 film, mm-hmm. so it cuts out a lot of the gore. But for me, I thought a lot of the the horror and the that aspect of it was still pretty effective, surprisingly. Yeah, I absolutely. I 100% agree. There's a lot yes. of na- nodding. I love nodding. <laughs> yes, I mean, I, I, I just don't, I don't want to interrupt Beza if they're about to talk. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Um, no, you're good. But I completely agree. I, I think it's like that's something that really works with the movie and also I think helps keep the energy up throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Is it's not just like the deaths, it's like what those deaths are and how they like project her out of her sleep into the next day. So yeah. I agree. And in the first few iterations of this, she just feels like she has deja vu. Things are they felt like a dream maybe before so she's not quite remembering it in the compressed time it feels weird like why wouldn't you remember all this stuff that happened and it's like well it was over <laughs> the course of a whole day and so not remembering certain aspects of that is is fair enough but i thought this <laughs> asp the the deja vu of it was really interesting I was thinking of a social linguistic perspective, if we can get nerdy about it, I guess. <laughs> but there, <laughs> there's this kind of layer of programmed language on top of it, right? That some of the characters will say the exact same things that they said in a previous day, even if there is a, a completely different behavioral prompt going on from Tree. Like Tree says something or mm-hmm. does something different, and the mm-hmm. characters will still revert to what they were going to say. Which is, in some ways, just kind of a weird scripting, but at the same time, I, I don't know. This this watch made me think about a lot of the p- program language and the kind of scripts that we use to get by, right? Hard to avoid that on a yeah. podcast. You get very aware of the things no. that you say constantly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this Especially is true. while editing, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> the editing. Well, I'll take care of that, so. You'll just hear <laughs> it on the Thank other end. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm grateful. Just the word right. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Gotta cut it out. <laughs> exactly. Totally. 
right, 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 right. Listen, right. look. Listen. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just trying to get I it all out going. here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that that aspect of it feels more intriguing than it did maybe the first time I watched it. Where I was like, you just didn't want to change your script. It's like, oh, maybe that was intentional. Yeah, because I don't know how much of this changed from the 2007 mm. original version of it. It's interesting because Christopher Landon did do rewrites on the script, but he's not credited. So I guess the rewrites mm. were not significant enough to <laughs> shift the credit. But just an interesting thing. In the second time, I was also confused by this plot point. So when Tree gets back to her sorority house, she goes up to her room and runs into her roommate, Lori, who is trying to give her a cupcake for her birthday. And it's a big plot point that Tree hasn't told anyone her birthday because she has a lot of pain around her birthday. And so just like not something she wants to bring up. Very interesting. Love it. But in the second time that she goes and sees Lori, Lori says, I know it was a hard day with your mom and everything, which I was like, okay, I understand how she found out it was Tree's birthday, but how did she know all of the stuff with her mom? Very strange moment. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we that can speculate for a minute. I mean, the only thing I would speculate is because, I mean, spoiler alert, Lori is... Uh, main character in this movie and maybe (laughs) she uh, knows some things that other people don't because she's a important character in this movie. Maybe we could do spoiler spoiler alerts at this point. So from here going forward, if you don't want to be spoiled. Sorry. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. I think also like I could totally just see her having an issue with I mean, we know what her issue is with Tree, but just maybe spending some time in the library digging up some dirt mm. and some information. Maybe that was her first her first plan of action before she resorted to that's not enough. I need to do more. <laughs> I need to do more to be the best and friend possible. More. Yeah. Yeah. Opposite. Yeah, there's a lot of weird planning going on. That's a thing we'll come mm-hmm. back to. But yeah, that moment s- struck me as weird. But thinking about it now, I think that makes enough sense, right? That she's revealing mm-hmm. something that Tree in her state of mind at that moment isn't flagging as weird. Right. We'll just make it all fit. That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing them all a favor. That's yeah. how I feel about like, Again, that's like the kind of like when we talk about like what makes a good horror comedy versus a great one. I think that the less work that your audience, I mean, this is also movies in general and this is not novel, but I do find it to work like apply very uh, strictly to horror comedies Mm. is I I don't want to have to do a lot of work to like make things make sense. Like Scream, it, it gets those are pretty tight. Those are pretty tight, but maybe not all of them, but they're pretty airtight. Um, This is not. airtight so you do kind of have to get in there with your tools uh you know from a critical perspective and be like um let's make this make a little bit more sense in my head yeah wait yeah. Beza, did you have a rebuttal i had to pick up on that <laughs> something about the screen <laughs> screen being whatever do you mean <laughs> <laughs> i'm so curious whatever now. do you mean 
Um, are you talking about Scream Three from two thousand and two thousand? And do you, with <laughs> starring Parker Posey? I, I mean, how did you know? <laughs> if you oh knew, God. it's because you agree. Oh gosh, we might I have to come back anything to it. it. There's so much to theorize about mm-hmm. what does mm-hmm. and doesn't make that movie work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But I'll, I'll leave it to That's better correct. minds than mine. There's no. There's no room. <laughs> to, I feel like how how does anyone even talk about Scream anymore? I, it's true. Good question, it's and I true. still do it every day of my life. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> or how do you not talk about it, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we go into kind of the third day. And this is when Tree finally kind of reveals what's going on with her resetting of days to Carter. And that, I don't know, love story, romance thing starts happening up. It's a very strange romance. I'm okay with it. I'm into it. I think he's the cutest thing. He's so cute. He's such a supportive. He's so cute. And he's like so supportive. And he's just kind of like down, which I love. Like, he's just like, okay, let's figure it out. Let's go with it. Yeah. So I love, I think actually, I think the whole movie is well cast, but he's definitely like my favorite part of the movie. For sure. Their, their whole thing is good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like the dynamic of that relationship of like the, you know, broody person and like the puppy dog. I, I fall for that. I love every a time, golden retriever so. boyfriend. Yes. Yes. Definitely like him, himbo, himbo boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> I fall for it every single time. It's true. Once she does talk to him, he helps her figure out like a suspect list. Like, hey, that's something you should think about doing. Um, and she starts to make her suspect list. And that turns into a montage set to Demi Lovato's Confident. New question. Iconic. iconic, but more or less iconic than the sequel's <laughs> use of Paramore's Hard Times montage no. sequence. No. Easily no. <laughs> like, it's just no. It's not as iconic. You're saying it's not as iconic as Paramore, right? The Paramore use is better. Paramore is better. Well, I mean, yes, yes. in general yeah. terms. No, of no, no. Course, I mean, the use. 100%. <laughs> the use. The <laughs> but use. The, use of the needle drop in the sequel is better, more iconic. Thank- Yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Agreed. Only across and, the board. And, and like that song will I just I have to laugh anytime I hear confident, which works mm-hmm. for this movie. But Hard Times is such a interesting pick mm-hmm. for any for any movie, but especially a horror comedy. It's amazing. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. No notes. It's it's perfect. It's probably the most perfect part of the sequel. Um, but mm-hmm. we're not talking about the sequel. Except for this moment where I brought it up again. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just gnawing away at my brain, so maybe I should just rewatch it. But this also is one of our very brief queer, eh, question mark, <laughs> representation <laughs> moments. <laughs> it's the best representation I've ever seen on the screen. <laughs> yes. It's a standout. Oh, he, this guy went out with once as gay. How random. <laughs> there's a lot of I love how funny i love funny movies <laughs> gay over. people funny <laughs> yeah uh gay people what there's that uh. expression what is that expression it's from something i don't know i'm trying to think of like what would be the good way to encapsulate that like <laughs> i have to laugh at myself mm. mentos it's called being gay it's like a mentos thing <laughs> let me go with that oh okay sure yeah. Mentos commercial look. Yeah, it's right, 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 right. <laughs> I have to laugh, otherwise I would scream. Um, I would scream and cry. <laughs> yeah, the that whole thing. I, sure, I think it's whatever. It doesn't really put me off. 
it's just one of those weird like okay it's, it was just a choice <laughs> that happened more, there's more <laughs> to this experience or is there well and any movie that has to just throw in someone being gay i'm like i would rather not see it like i yeah. don't have to see gay people in every movie um for me to enjoy it i mean that's kind of not true but it is in this case well yeah. especially when it when the when the gay character centers around the straight character and the straight character is just like hey it's okay to be gay i'm like okay i'm out i am so <laughs> out because it's not even about the gay person it's just right. about the straight person but, like outing them it's just odd but tree is a gay icon oh she's definitely a gay icon Mm-hmm. <laughs> the silence. It's the I was, silence I was, for me. I was. I don't know. I, I was We're gonna, gonna. I don't hold know on how that pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many like hands were throwing, but like she definitely is like a gay icon. But in like, she's somewhat exclusionary. She has to be. She's not like the pure gay icon to me. She's like leans a little bit on the more socially conservative side. I don't know how how gloves mm. off are supposed to be here, so I'm oh, just yeah, going to say she just she is feels a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like a very libertarian ally. Yes, thank you. Yes. <laughs> libertarian <to> ally. <laughs> <laughs> that is Tree Gel- Geldman. <laughs> but yeah, there's not much more. I th- I feel like th- th- there could be more. There's just not. Yeah. But I guess I understand, right? You have a gay male director. Great. You got a gay man in your movie. So, there you go. Amazing. Uh, <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> and I was also thinking about like the representation, also sorority representation, not just queer, but also sorority representation is kind of weird. Like, yeah, I get that it's click-ish, but I don't know if it's quite to that extreme. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah. guess they're just doing that to have like a a direction right for tree to go so there's an arc so she looks more like a normal person uh compared to the very extreme nature of this, sisters this sisterhood yeah <laughs> and it also it just plays into all the sorority tropes that like i mean i think are still around ish but like especially of the time again it's like that sorority setting really kind of dates it and not only the sorority setting but the, how that sorority is set you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly but knowing all of these extreme characters or these weird uh, different issues, I, I am questioning why Tree crosses everyone off her list so quickly of suspects. Like, <laughs> Tim's gay. He couldn't kill me. I'm like, I don't know. There could be other reasons a gay person wants to kill you. <laughs> hey, but there we go. Some positive representation. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, gay people can't be murderers. Are you no, kidding me? Not ever. <laughs> and also, she crosses Danielle off her list just because they like got into a fight and got killed by accident. It's like that doesn't mean she, she didn't kill you later that day. I don't. What is going on? Uh, never really addressed that, and that's fine. If I may ask, what are your Danielle thoughts? Way better in the sequel. Ooh, this yeah, totally. She's totally, good. Totally. Fun. I know that she's supposed to be awful, but there's just some things in it that I'm like, I don't know if I need that joke. I don't need her imitating a deaf person. Like, yeah, <laughs> this kind Ooh, of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's that's the moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, this was definitely written in 2007. <sighs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But I guess I forgive it since it's such a moment of like, eh, fine, whatever. 
you could just take this mm-hmm. out. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Not necessary to the story. Yeah. Not at all. But I guess overall, I don't feel like Danielle is, she's not really given agency to be anything other than this kind of awful, chaotic figure, uh, which shifts with the second it. movie. I feel like the, the sequel maybe addresses, Helps. redresses some of the wrongs yeah. of this one. Absolutely. For sure. Yep. So watch them both. Why not? That's our double feature recommendation for this week. Honestly, we'll give yeah. a different Happy one. Death we'll Day 2 kind of hits. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't watched it in a minute, but I remember it like hitting. I, I remember, I remember it. being a pleasant, yeah, a great, great movie experience. Yeah. It's a, a different tone, different genre, kind of, from the first <laughs> Totally different. So if you can yep. deal with more time travel and <laughs> multiple universes, seek it out. But that kind of segues into, I don't know, I feel like this is probably my favorite sequence of the film. It's just the most horror-oriented sequence is once Tree finally goes to the hospital. There's a lot going on. So Tree Mm. has to go to the hospital because she passes out since each time she dies, it's making her weaker. Like she still keeps any of the things that would actually traumatically happen to your body in these deaths are, are still weighing on her Hmm. so she has to go to the hospital and that's where she discovers that maybe there's something going on at the hospital Hmm. that related to her Hmm. murder Hmm. but the murderer comes to chase her down there so we have a nice hospital chase and we have a nice parking garage chase um and then a car quote unquote chase there's a car yeah <laughs> and I'm like looking at your name as i say the word chase over and over i know i'm like and we have a co-host <laughs> named chase, chase. chase with us <laughs> today but yeah i really like that sequence a lot i'm like yeah this a movie can just do this it can just be horror mm-hmm. vibes for a, a prolonged segment because we just don't get enough chase i don't know what happened to the last i don't know 10 years but the 90s, early 2000s, that was the era of, of, these, of these chase sequences. Mm-hmm. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Bring it back. Bring back Sarah Michelle Geller's chase scene in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yes. Bring it back. <laughs> Just 10 Just minutes that scene. or more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just insert <Yep>. it as <laughs> is. Yeah. Any, everywhere. Other. Yeah. And if you're like, oh, well, we have 10 minutes to spare. Let's plop it in. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> I, I like there's so many great things in this. Then Tree gets pulled over by a police officer because she's well, she's driving a stro- stolen vehicle. That could be number one and driving erratically, <laughs> mm-hmm. I suppose. But she figures it'll be safer if she's locked up for the night. So she tells the cop that she is inebriated and gets locked in the back of the police car. And would you, wouldn't you know... <laughs> the murderer is able to show right up and just plow down perfect. that cop in a perfect <laughs> moment. And then it keeps going yeah. and builds. Tree's stuck in the back of that cop car. And we just see from the other car across the way, the murderer hold out one single birthday cake candle and drop it out yeah, the window. Yeah. When we reveal that the gas tank is leaking in the cop car, kaboom. And we get our we get our F bomb drop, our one PG thirteen F bomb drop for this <laughs> this death. 
such a good death. I think that I think that one's my favorite death. It's Me just too. so iconic. Iconic. It's cinematic. it's so iconic. It is yeah. cinematic. It combines two of my greatest fears, which are cops and fire. Mm. Like that is like and cars. And cars. I can't Honestly, drive. Cars are kind of scary. Yeah, horrible. It, being stuck in one? No. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it, it's hilarious and it's amazing. What's scarier, actual cars or the cars from the movie Cars? Oh. <gasps> oh. That's actually a good question. And I don't even know if I have an answer. <laughs> it just came to me. I was like, "Oh, both seem equally terrifying." They are. They actually are, especially when we get into Cars sequels. Mm. Horror oh. comedy. horror comedy (laughs) speaking of horror comedy i think i feel like i'm gonna have my answer at like three in the morning and just wake up in a sweat and a cold sweat um and maybe this is uh, good as a a rhetorical question audience you don't don't want to answer it i don't want to know let us know but you can think over it you figure it out you figure it out and this cuts to kind of we need to do something about this. I'm going to die for real if I don't figure this out for tree. Mm. But the movie, I don't know. It slows down a bit more in this part and not in a bad way. It's this is the big dramatic, like here is the thematic reason for all of this happening, mm-hmm. but it is about exactly an hour into the movie. Once we actually learn about her mother and that they shared a birthday and her mother died. And that's why this is a really troubling time for her. And then she also has to kind of start doing good things. She realizes, oh, I'm a terrible person. What am I going to do about that? Is this experience going to change me or should I just give up and die? Uh, How do you feel about the arc? (laughs) Arc for Tree's character here. I love it. I love it. I know we don't. It's a little bit later that we see her going through the quad and like doing all those mm-hmm. little nice things, right? That's later, right? Yeah, that's like one more in the movie death scene. That's like one more exactly. That's what I thought. But yeah, but I, overall, I really like her arc, and I think it. I think she. What I like about the the way I don't know if it's like her or the writing. Like I don't know if it's the actor or the writing, but somehow I do feel like she's able to like really charmingly hold on to a lot of that still like not grittiness but like sort of like cynicism that she has in the beginning of the movie Mm. so i love that she doesn't lose all the cynicism she's still kind of just like a punk and like an asshole in an amazingly charming way by the end because she also does have an arc so i just like that it wasn't like a complete wipe like wipe this like clean of her character she still was able Mm -hmm. to hold on to that which i think is like a like a definitely like a win for the movie overall Mm -hmm. and it feels more realistic right i think that yeah oh yeah she's giving a very grounded portrayal so i'm like that's great a very grounded performance yes grounded performance thank you tree gelman <laughs> thank you jessica roth but it, it does yeah oh puns now i get that it's a pun because trees are in the ground sometimes oh. <laughs> oh do you think that's what that is do you think i'm kind of into it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I think you're just a little too smart for the movie. I'm just spiraling. <laughs> I don't think it's true. Yeah. No, no it was supposed to no. be. It wasn't. Her name is. Uh, the growth is intentional. Christopher Landon spoke about that. Like naming okay. her tree was intentional. For that. Oh, that's nice. But not necessarily like the deforestation aspect of trees in the ground out of the no, ground. No. Right. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Either way, I think as you need to be on the, on, on the team for uh, Happy Death Day 3 Me. 3. 3 me yeah. 3d 3d, 3D. <gasps> both if they did a 3d release of 3D a new and 3D. it 
Yes. I Uh, would absolutely live. And honestly, it would just be so iconic. It'd be so iconic. mm -hmm. No one does that anymore. It'd be awesome if they did that. Yeah. No, I mean, what other dimension are they going to do? Of course, it's got to be in the third dimension. Yeah. Now that they got the time travel out of the way, they're like, let's let's break the fourth wall next in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go kill the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's what my bloody Valentine 3D tried to do. There you go. Oh. <laughs> and it succeeded. And it succeeded. <laughs> 50 people died. No. That did Murdered. not happen. Murdered directly by a, a pickaxe coming out of the screen. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. A gay pickaxe. A queer baiting pickaxe murderer, we'll say, because that's Jensen Ackles. Um, that is, yes. One following the supernatural. <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh. Queer baiting and the bullshittery. Yep. That's a whole other area of things. That's a dark area of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of her dark night of the soul, but that translates, as you were saying, Chase, into her kind of, let me just do everything nice this day. Like this mm. day, yes. I'm going to do every nice thing I can. Which, I, you know, when you're motivated, yeah, that's, that's what you do. You can get a lot done. <laughs> so I think, yeah, she signs the petition to save the earth. She puts a pillow under the fainting frat guy's head she does steal a pair of sunglasses though which is quite well, that she sucks. starts that whole sequence off and she like takes right but she takes the sunglasses <laughs> so she is stealing while she's also being nice she's also like i'm still gonna steal something well, because i'm a baddie what was it was the greater good stealing <laughs> or is the greater good showing some creep like you need to not treat women you know what? this way you're right yeah that's right. true and I don't know. Sometimes stealing's not bad. I'll say He's that. A... <laughs> Agree. What? We're talking about death. <laughs> Sometimes stealing is the exact right call. Um, yeah. Because is it stealing when so much has been taken from you? Like your life? Ooh, no. Kevin, of times. that was beautiful. <laughs> no, that was really yeah. great. I mean, Honestly. That's also earnest, and I'm also joking. Both things. <laughs> no, well, I think you're honestly, activating my villain origin story right now. That's like yeah. my new creed. <laughs> yeah, I'm the Joker tree version of myself now. <laughs> Joker tree. Oh, gosh, I don't want to see tree. that, though. No Joker no. trees. I don't want to see a tree dressed up as a Joker. Um, or a Harley Quinn. No. She doesn't seem like the type. No. No, oh. leave her alone. Leave her alone. I was just going to say <laughs> We should be dressing up as Tree. I don't know what's iconic looking for her, but Tree. Oh, I guess the shirt. It's probably an easy shirt. Or third Tree from the left in like a musical production in high school. Yeah. Into the Woods. Yeah. Like an actual cardboard tree. Were you really? No. (laughs) I was being, I was imagining I was like, that's so cute. I was like picturing little Kevin in high school. It's not a thing. That was a lie. That was an invented person in my mind that also came up this week with the Well, the delivery was just too good. Gosh. That's, I'm glad. I feel, uh, I'm glad that you thought I could be a tree. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. Forget the the baker. She's got the range. (laughs) Yes. But speaking of our tree, Tree Galman, uh, she also does good things for her, right? She breaks yeah. up with the creepy doctor, her doctor professor that she's been sleeping mm-hmm. with, um, which I just don't get. I mean, everyone likes what they like. It can be whatever thing. I'm just like, that guy, really? I just don't see it. Yeah. 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 I agree. But someone did. Yeah. I, 
I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess like what you like, but also maybe think about why you like what you like. Yeah. A fair question. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> and she did, and she was like, oh, actually, I don't like that. Goodbye, guy. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye, guy. <laughs> Whatever your name is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just can't be bothered. I have it written on my notes. I'm looking at his name right now, and I was like, well. You're like, I'm looking at his name, but I just can't read it. I, I can't don't know read what it, it says. I, I know there's it. a name there, but there's just like a... I can't... Why did I... I suddenly can't read. Yeah. Also, you think that her breaking up with the guy would maybe appease certain characters, maybe maybe put out some little fires, you know, mm. um, extinguish some motivations, maybe. I, well, maybe I the think... damage was done. I think once you're already a crazed murderer, you probably stay that way. No, you're right. Mm, Regardless of like, you're like, I feel like if you are, I wouldn't know. Trust me. Well, you're 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 talking so well about this. Stop, Chase. Stop it. I I feel like once you've decided you're going to kill someone, you just do it. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know. No, you're right. You are so right. And you should say it. In the movie. In a movie. Yeah. Oh, no. They were like, um, you're a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Come like, back. Oh, uh, I got to go. I got to go. That is so funny. No, you're right, Beza. And you know what? Since we're still on, let me just say <laughs> that that does kind of make sense in terms of like she would... Even if she broke up, she's probably still. Um, Hi, Kevin. You're probably editing this right now. You're not on screen, Hi. but we're gonna keep talking. Hi. <laughs> um, I was gonna say not she... us taking over their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> that, I'm sorry. That basically. Yeah. You completely derailed me. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> What were you saying? <laughs> I feel so bad. I hope they're not scared of me. <laughs> oh, no. See, okay, this is why COVID sucks. Literally, I don't know how to talk to anyone. <laughs> Any new people. I'm like, so, like, I don't think you should murder people. But I <laughs> no, get it. Listen, no, it was it was a great point because I was going to add that she literally, um, even when she broke up with the doc professor, the the Doc professor <laughs> <laughs> the uh the crazy person was probably like oh well you still occupy like space in his brain do you know what I mean and you like now he now he like maybe he misses her you know what I mean because they're not together anymore as in it's almost maybe even it's worse maybe there's even more motivation so wonderful point yeah Isa. thank you yeah <laughs> thank you they they said computers doing weird stuff we'll be back in a moment do you think they're lying um <laughs> i don't know kevin you tell us <laughs> you tell us i hope you actually post this episode <laughs> they never come back we never hear from them again because they're I like basic confirmed killer <sighs> the killer's so escaping help help no wonder i like i'm like i could kill someone oh hi hello. oh it's still doing it hello i'm back <laughs> I'm so sorry. Came... Okay. Wait, I think it was a charging say, issue. You, kill, you literally killed me. 
What happened? It was just so funny because we were laughing so hard. We left you some 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 words for when you're editing. Okay. I hope you like it. But we were laughing so hard because the second Beza gave this like effortless analysis of like how killing like how killing works, you like left and we were like, oh no, like Oh no, they hate things. us. <laughs> and no. then you came and the second you came back on, Beza was like, No, I I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> It I was swear not. you have to get the context. I swear. Oh gosh, <laughs> was I was funny. still, I was here. I was just. Um, oh, could you hear us? Some random screen. I could hear bits and pieces. It was just like. <laughs> oh God. Cutting I'm so out. Sorry. I have too many tabs open, and my computer battery was not. The charger I was use, using was not charging, so I had to switch things out. But we're oh, good. Totally we're here. Yeah. Okay, is great. it still recording? Yes. Are you still doing it? It's still doing it. It looks. It says it is. Good. Yeah. I believe in it. So. You got but our we're... entire uh, crazy candid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Laughing fit. Oh my gosh. Whew. It's gonna be great. But I'm like, I, I'm confused. Um, I'll send it to you if I need more context. Okay. Like, let me know what this is about. Yeah. Please, please don't call the police on me. <laughs> Never. I don't. We don't call cops here at the. No, Thank we you. don't. At the calls and we just podcast. We just call a. Uh, we just call Tree, and she takes care of it. We call. Yeah. No cops at Pride, just Tree. Just Tree Gelbman. Yeah. <laughs> I just want Tree Gelbman, and that's it. Yeah. So, winding up towards our ending, this is the real spoiler territory, since we didn't quite spoil, spoil things. Although, if you've been paying attention, and maybe if you've been paying attention in the movie or not, I really don't know if you're supposed to guess who the actual killer <laughs> is. But yeah, getting to the point, back to the point about the professor... Like she broke up with him, so that should have cooled things. But on this night, that's when the murderer, the uh, serial killer who's been in the hospital, oh. as we find out, is the one to kill or yeah, attempt to kill Tree. Right. So yes. the killer is different. Yes. There's a red herring of this murderer that we vaguely get alluded to up until the hour mark. And then we figure out, Oh, there's a serial killer. And that's been a whole thing. Thank you for bringing the rationality back into that conversation. No, that no. Yes. I just like, <laughs> I do, I do appreciate <laughs> rationality. Who needs it? But <laughs> she's got this plan to try to kill this, this guy as best she can, or, or, you know, prevent her death by his hands. But unfortunately this serial killer kills carter no and she realizes well i can't make it through this day because otherwise carter will be dead forever so she goes up to the you know as every good university hospital has the bell tower <laughs> <laughs> but she dies by hanging that time and then makes a plan this is what i'm gonna do and that's really kind of how Everything, she becomes nicer and, and does all the stuff. But that's going back. This is when we figure out, okay, what is all happening in this sequence? See, I didn't take super detailed plot notes because, you know, I can only be so bothered with, with this type of movie. Uh, <laughs> I think she just, well, Tree wakes up in, in, the, in Carter's room, right? At this yes. point and finds, and he's like, fine. Yes. And then, yeah. and then she's like, oh, I can solve the murder now because yeah. I know what's happening. Yeah, I can stop myself from getting murdered. Yes. Right. And then she celebrates with a celebratory birthday cupcake given to her by her roommate. Mm -hmm. And they were roommates. 
And they were they roommates. Were, they were roommates. And they eat a little celebratory cupcake a la 16 Candles together. Oh, yeah. That's very 16 Candles mm-hmm. shot. The chef's kiss on top of the birthday <laughs> cupcake. But this is one reason I won't trust birthday cupcakes again. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I'm kidding. I had a birthday cupcake for my birthday this year, and it was great. Oh, my God. I well, love that for you. I'm glad you're here to tell the, tell the story. Tell the tale. <laughs> tell the tale. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that no one wanted to murder me uh, this time. <laughs> but the... Yeah, don't, in, don't invite me to your birthday next the year. We have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, we love a good dark humor. <laughs> yes, they have that cupcake. And Tree wakes up and it's the 18th again. It is. What happened? What happened? <laughs> Find out next week. Yeah. <laughs> On the calls are coming from inside the podcast. <laughs> no, we, we discover that it was the cupcake all along and that her roommate Lori was trying to kill her from the get go. And that set off this chain of events when Tree didn't eat the cupcake originally. Mm-hmm. Things would have mm-hmm. gone much faster if it had all happened with that cupcake. Yeah, so always eat the cupcake and just find out, I guess. Yes. <laughs> and I have a logistical question. Do you yes. think Lori, who we now can say is she's a killer. She, she is. She is a killer. Uh, do you think she made a, an entire batch <laughs> of cupcakes or just one like how do you make she one cupcake one. she maybe made an entire batch but just poisoned the one cupcake potentially mm. oh i don't know or See, maybe she made a whole batch okay. of poison one because she was going to make a, a start a cult and then um oh. on the day of you know reckoning happy the death whole day three me three d three me three d yeah i'd love if it's a cult movie oh yes oh yes i'll take, take it. it in any direction yeah just but... make it 3d <laughs> yeah my only note <laughs> just make it 3d that i don't care what's in it as long as it's 3D. yeah <laughs> but i this does open up a few more questions for me so the only time tree gets arrested is, is when she takes the car there's two more times where she should probably be arrested or at least being questioned after the events the first is when she gets rid of the the serial killer serial killer day she holds up a the police officer outside the room so i'm like <laughs> why was it anyone there to arrest her then for one thing and then also at the very end what ends up happening is she and lori get into a big brawl in their room and tree <laughs> kicks her out a window <laughs> And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, definitely. And they just buy the story. I the same thing. What? I would, I would do the same thing if someone poisoned oh, me. Oh, I thought mm. you were going to say that maybe this movie speaks really well to sort of like the efficacy of cops in general. Oh, <laughs> oh that too. I mean, also just like the white privilege of it all. I mean, oh. is like, well, this also, sorry to Christopher Landon, but all of his movies are ridiculously white. I just have to say that now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like appalling, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, that too, Chase. Thank you for uh, making me sound smarter than I am. <laughs> no, it's all. Hey, You're like, I'd I th- throw out the window too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're thinking through it more than the uh, the movie maybe did. 
Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. She kicks her out a window and then people just buy the story that like, oh, she was trying to poison me and this has happened. I'm like, okay, great. Um, but we don't have much more <laughs> time in the movie to really delve into all the, the mechanics of, of what should and shouldn't happen. Right. It's a long enough movie yeah. as is. Or it's a good size. It's an is. hour and 36 minutes. Great. Beautiful it, length. It does That's feel perfect, a little bit long, yeah. but yeah, it is it's it is a good length. Yeah. And I, I also want to say, I feel so bad for the sorority sister who's just like sitting on the steps outside yeah. and it just like has to see like a trauma. one of her sisters, the, tra- the trauma, has <laughs> to see one of her sisters just like head explode. That's horrible. Uh-oh, sisters. <laughs> Poor girl. We got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> But everything turns out fine. Although Carter's kind of a jerk and plays a trick on her to make her think that it's that day again, which I'm like. And then she's okay, like, maybe you you're so should funny. second guess this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, no, our king. He's cute, but not that cute. He's not that cute. I 100% <laughs> agree with you. I, if, if someone no did one, that to no me, No one would... is that cute. I would let him do it once. I don't know. That's like kind of weirdly mm, not okay for me. I don't know. But they don't know. She knows him really well because she spent all this time with him. So maybe maybe there's some weird transference going on there. I don't know. But <laughs> he doesn't know. Like if that was the second day that you knew someone for him in this timeline, it's the, only the second day that he knows her. Would you do that to someone? Right. On the second day of knowing mm. them? No. I think no. maybe he wants to like keep up with her like broody like meanness and like play a joke mm. on her and like show that he has that kind of side he, to him but yeah he's it, like i got game let me yeah. let me let me exploit your trauma your trauma yeah yeah your well trauma. let me maybe to get to the heart of this how do you feel about april fool's day oh since we're in the middle dislike, of this would not would not but also like i don't care that much i guess i'm ambivalent is the best you're ambivalent to, to pranks yes i've done it i've partaken once mm-hmm. but that's it mm. I think I hate it. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything right. to add. I I I think it's just um I I like uh jokes, but I don't like pranks. Does that make sense? It yes. does. Okay. There's a That's different me. barometer of consent on a joke yes, versus a prank. Yes. Absolutely. Like if this happened to me, I would be actually upset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I would be very upset. Like just yeah. thinking about everything that I've endured for what feels like weeks, probably at that well, point. Yes, and I'm like, I hung myself for you, you bitch. Like, yeah. why? Okay, <laughs> leave me alone. Okay, but to play devil's advocate, okay. <laughs> oh no, and I don't know if again. we need to really like ex- extrapolate this entire thing. But would you not, by the end of like how long you've been going through this? kind of start to like really not care as much about the things that you cared about when you first started that journey like you're probably like a little bit hardened but in a healthy way where like Mm. things like that might not bother you on top of that you now have a partner that'll help keep you laughing i mean i don't think he does that every day but i just mean like he made a joke and it's like hey no matter like what everything how serious things get you gotta be able to laugh through it make him laugh make him laugh maybe and thus i close my case for carter We'll let it. We'll let it stand. We won't be the judges, <laughs> listeners. You I, tell us. How do you feel about? It? Yes. I think you just Carter's think he's prank. really cute. Yeah, I think it's just I can't. I can't. I can't see past Carter's yeah. boyish good looks. And we're That's, on the outside. We're yeah. watching a movie, so 
Yeah. You know? Attractiveness will get get you through a lot. <laughs> I feel like if you're a character. This is in a true. Movie. <laughs> this is you very true. You can get through true. some pretty pretty shitty behavior. Oh, Anakin Skywalker, Exhibit A, for me. <laughs> oh, well. Of course. <laughs> but this is not a Star Wars podcast, so. <laughs> no. Uh, I wouldn't know what to offer. That's not a judgment would, against Star yeah. Wars. It just is like, eh, I, sure, I get it. they are movies. I know nothing. <laughs> they exist, and they're great. Um, and good for them. So, <laughs> to wrap everything up, that's Happy Death Day. I think we, we successfully did it. Yep. Uh, any final thoughts on the movie? I don't usually have a, a specific like. Here's how your final thoughts should go. Just uh, is it a recommend or a not? Where where does it fit? Is it like a, a must see, or is it like this is a chill movie, or is it like eh, you might have some problems with it? Well, first of all, I do. Um, in my final thoughts paragraph section, I just want to throw out there that there was that alternate ending that they had to yeah. change mm-hmm. because how everyone hated it, where like the wife of the doc professor came in and put some unknown substance into tree when she was in the hospital recovering, thus starting a whole new cycle of Groundhog's Day. Uh, I think presumably in like a different setting, um, which they, they, they got rid of because everyone hated it so much. And I'm glad. And of course they hated it because you spent so much time with this character to be a final girl only to have that taken from her at the last second. Like that's not it. Um, And then again, back to that, like pinning, pitting another woman against another woman again, after we just got through this whole, you know, WVW over here. Um, But anyway, so glad they got rid of the alternate ending. Um, I don't know. I think this is one of those movies that you watch if you partake in any sort of libation or sort of like, Mm drugs i think it's a really fun high watch i think um or if you're just in the in the in the mood for like a movie of that time you know what i mean mm-hmm. for me it's like if i want to watch a movie where it makes me feel like i'm in high school and it's like fun and dumb i will watch yeah. this movie that is that's how i would recommend it it for sure scratches that itch of like oh yeah 90s slasher thing for sure and i think it's a good it is a good horror comedy yeah. I mean, it's not like any highbrow thing, mm-hmm. not that that really matters, but I think if you, I would put this on a like top five horror comedy list for someone who maybe doesn't watch horror uh, mm. a lot. I think it's a like mm. super accessible, like gateway kind of movie because it's not, mm-hmm. you know, gory at all. And I think that's a big reason why people are scared to watch horror. So I think it, can be that for someone yeah it's just a way to stay up with your horror loving friends it's a good middle ground like if you're a big horror fiend hound i don't know if i was gonna say (laughs) hound or fiend or something friend let's go with friend you're a big (laughs) horror horror friend friend, um and you've seen it all this still is a pretty good thing you could go Mm -hmm. right from watching martyrs to watching happy oh my god perfect (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a great double feature. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go the other direction with it, but I lost my train of thought on that. So, nope. That's okay. <laughs> You're either watching Happy Death Day or nothing. <laughs> this is true. We've got Happy Death Day at home. No, that's that's it. But thank you both for thank being you. here today. Uh, this is a really fun conversation. Where can we find you on the internet? We know we've got the Fear Queers podcast which you can find on all of your platforming 
sources. I don't know wherever you wherever you podcast listen to. Yes. <laughs> but how about other other places on the internet where we might find either the podcast or you as individuals if you'd like to share? Yeah, you can find me. I make YouTube videos for like Star Wars and Marvel and some Stranger Things stuff. You can find me on YouTube as That Gay Jedi or on Twitter at underscore That Gay Jedi. You can find me at LGBTQVHS. I do a bunch of posting and social media stuff there and soon to be on Twitter and no, just Twitter. I can't do uh, more things than that uh, for the this horror newsletter that I'm starting uh, in the middle of this month called Monster Camp. So that Twitter is at Read Monster Camp. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Fun, exciting things. Well, we'll be lined right up. It'll be a good announcement yes. time. By the time you're hearing this episode, maybe Monster Camp yes. will be ready to come to your your house, your inside or outside. <laughs> yes. Wherever you get your newsletters. but thanks once again uh make sure to blow out those candles make a wish and keep it creepy oh yeah as mentioned happy death day does have its sequel but let's hold on to that suspense and come back to happy death day to you in a future episode for today's double feature recommendation We wanted to get a little more queer with the comedy, so we chose the 2015 film You're Killing Me. You're Killing Me follows Joe, played by Matthew McKelligan, and George, played by Jeffrey Self, after they meet cute over some beef and broccoli from the trunk of George's car. George is a self-absorbed comedy YouTuber, along with his best pal, frenemy Barnes. Joe, recently released from an institution, has also discovered uh, an appetite for murder. One he prefers to physical intimacy. And he's not trying to hide it either. A lot of the comedy comes from Joe's forthrightness about being a serial killer while everyone else thinks he just has a dark sense of humor. As Joe and George's courting progresses, Joe's last boyfriend, Andy, is discovered to have gone missing. And Andy's friends are determined to find out what happened to him. Will George discover Joe's intentions? Or will he crack up when he hears the truth? This movie is a wash with some queer and alt-comedy mainstays such as Brian Safi, Edie Patterson, Drew Drogi, Sam Pancake, and Jack Plotnick. Streaming on Tubi at time of recording, You're Killing Me strikes that fine balance between humor and horror that we're always looking for, riffing on influencer culture, serial killer glorification, and the absurdity of the everyday. It's like a more contemporary gayer American psycho, but served up as a more tongue-in-cheek rather than dark satire. So cue up your streamer of choice, scooch up to your sweetie, and of course, keep it creepy. Click. Did you hang up? No, I just said click.